What's going on everybody? Boy, do we have a banger for you today. A bop, as the kids say. The Trolling Stones have given this episode five stars and said, it's one for the ages, baby. Today we have Kristen Braun Caggio, a wonderful human being. Kristen is incredibly driven. She's an insanely talented actress, having starred in Project Greenlight, Day One, and Mockingjay Burn. She's a working director and producer, having worked with HBO and sci-fi. Kristen is killing it and has been an awesome friend and ally to me as I continue to navigate this entertainment industry. Before we hop into it, I want to give a little shout out to one of our reviewers of the week. All Saints 33 dropped five stars and says, love the honesty and transparency your guests have when they come on the show. You're asking some great questions. Thank you, All Saints. If it doesn't sound like I'm trying, just just know I am definitely trying to, to ask some really good questions. Anyway, leave five stars and a review to be next week's reviewer of the week. Share this episode on social media, Facebook, Instagram, stories, Twitter, and tag me at Nicholas Natale so I can have a conversation with you. I love getting to hear your guys' thoughts on each episode. Don't forget that these podcasts come out every single Friday, and I post on my YouTube channel every single Monday. Let's get to the episode. Hello and welcome. It is a beautiful, overcast-ish day in Santa Monica. Um, this is the Nicholas Natale show. Come Sorry. on. Sorry. Okay, we got to restart. No, it's fine. This is the Nicholas Natale show. I am your host, Nicholas Natale. Um, each week, I meet with individuals that have found life hacks or strategies to live a more fulfilling life. Today, we have a very special guest, Kristen Bron... Bron... I'm Bron it. You say it. Kristen Brancaccio. Brancaccio. Nah, Brancaccio. No hate, but... Not that hard. It's not that hard. I'm just still learning <laughs> how to read. Um, Kristen is a director, producer, and every time I get the opportunity to brag about her, I do in conversation, even if it's not warranted. Um, that's that's the honest truth. Um, you should become a manager. I should. I'm thinking about it. Like people are like, how how's going out to LA? And I'm like, oh, I met this great director, and I always talk about you. So I'm honored. Great. So we're gonna dive into your story. Um, straight up, straight into it. Okay. You lived on the East Coast. What were you doing there before the film the film career arose? Um, I grew up in New Jersey. Dope. Um, so that's why I was there. That's Didn't nice. really have a choice. Uh, my parents are both from New Jersey. We lived in Colorado for a few years, but uh, returned to the East Coast. So interestingly i grew up an hour outside new york but never went into the city i grew up in a very my parents were not city people we grew up in a very rural area um lots of cows trees like i remember in middle school my gym teacher got bit by a goat during class (laughs) because we the school was next to a like a farm so it's like that's the wow that's yeah did he what did he do to um, so he was yelling at some of the girls for petting the animals, and then he went over and the <laughs> goat bit him. <laughs> this is how you pet an animal. Let me show you. Yep. So um, you never got bit though. You came out. No, no, out. I did not. And like, I did not grow up on a farm. Like, I'm still okay. not a huge like animals are fine, but I'm not a farm person. But I do enjoy open spaces, and sometimes I do miss um, being in you know a more rural environment. But um, I went to school in New York City. That's cool. Yep, Marymount Manhattan College. Uh, I studied acting and international studies. Oh, wow. So uh, I used both of those majors, actually. Well, international studies was a minor, but um, I used both of those things in my career. Obviously, I work with a lot of actors, and I love to travel. So Great. Yep, using using my uh, what I studied in school and moved to Los Angeles five or six years ago now. Dang. Yep. So what what spun up the desire to one bounce out and head to LA? Because you can act in New York, right? Like there's resources there. Absolutely. I was really always more of a film person, mm. and uh, New York is has a fantastic theater scene. And I just realized theater was not for me. It's fun. I love 
being in theater. I love working on theater productions, but the money just isn't there. Yeah. Even when you've quote unquote made it so often shows, you know, close all the time, even huge shows. And um, I just felt like I've also always really loved in particular the digital space. So YouTube, I, I've been watching YouTube since, you know, 2006, 2007, like following my favorite YouTubers, Heck like yeah. always wanted to work with my, you know, do basically do what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's, that's really film and more TV that's in that bubble as opposed to theater. So um, I was really fortunate to have an internship at YouTube in college. Oh, what? Yeah, you don't oh, know this whole no, story? No, I did not. Hit oh, me. man. Okay, so because I was studying acting, I was uh-huh. on what's called Actors Access, which right. any actor listening will know exactly what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, small projects will post their breakdowns there, and you can submit. And so uh, I noticed a breakdown for... Hermione in a Harry Potter parody by one of my favorite YouTube channels oh, at the time, yeah. Yeah. The Key of Awesome. And so I submitted and explained, hey, like, I first of all, I know who you guys are. Mm-hmm. I, like, love your channel. Yeah. And also, I am the human embodiment of Hermione. Hermione. That's right. So um, I sent them my YouTube channel because I was making YouTube videos at that point, And Good they just called me up, brought me on. And um, I heard the director mention they needed an intern. And so I... Oh, I, right here. What? Yes. Right here. I, like, aggressively followed up on that for about a month. Just nice. emailed him, like, three times a week. Perfect. Finally, he called me in for the interview. I got the um, job. And then at that same time, uh, they were, you know, becoming affiliated with, like, YouTube. And so through that, I also became an independent contractor at YouTube and Google. So I was making cool YouTube videos, but then also... Um, working for YouTube directly and learning what it meant to be a YouTuber, to yeah. create content. Like, I remember I did research on the first uh, YouTube creator handbook. Oh, my gosh. I know. Which feels so long ago, but it's, I mean, not 10 years, not even 10 years. Probably, was this 2012, mm-hmm. 2013? So not long ago at all, but it, it, YouTube was still kind of figuring out, like, how, how do you make a successful channel? Why are some people successful? Like, what are yeah. best practices? And so I got to research the top 20,000 YouTube channels at the time, which was pretty much, that's like all yeah. there was. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so anyway, it was like a dream come true because I was so interested in YouTube and like yeah. getting to work with these YouTube creators that I'd been following for years. And it was so cool. Dang, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's funny that you say that because I actually took a class at YouTube called channel building i wonder if something you did like was inspired in that handbook that i had to go through it's very possible that you know me i maybe laid the groundwork yeah probably what was the most rewarding part about that like or most rewarding project i guess um well i think honestly the the best what came out of that that was probably the best thing for me in my career was um, after working there for a few years, you know, I, or maybe about a year, I kind of pitched them this idea. I was like, you know, I've been the intern, doing quote unquote, I've been doing yeah. this for a while. Like, you know, could I have access to your cameras and equipment and make my own stuff? Wow. What yeah. a power play. Mm-hmm. Good for and, you. And they, and they agreed. They were like, yeah, as long as like, like we don't care. Sure. And so, um, oh, I made, awesome. yeah. So I'm for a little while I was making uh, a series called the Intern Diaries, which is still online. You can see it. I would love to. Yeah. Um, for their second channel. So the Key of Awesome second channel was just called uh-huh. Awesome, uh-huh. and so I made a little series for them. And uh, you know, I was writing, I was directing, I was like grabbing people just as they were in the office, like, oh hey, yeah. can you just record this quick little scene yeah. with me or yeah. whatever? And of course, everyone's happy to do it. They're like, we don't really understand what you're doing, but like, we're game. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and no, there's no, did you have formal training in those areas prior? Like, I mean, what do you imagine formal training would be? I don't know. I'm cause, curious. Because, <laughs> I mean, you think of film school, like you think they teach you how to direct, they teach you how to do the camera, they teach you how to do that stuff. And if you went to school for acting and um, international studies, like, are there transferable skills or were you just running and gunning, figuring I was it out? running and gunning, figuring it out, like begging wow. other people to just hold the camera for me. I mean, really, I had no... Like, now that I work full-time in film and television, I kind of laugh at how we made content back then because yeah. we just had no concept of, like, how a normal film set was run. Yeah. And there's something kind of great about that where it, oh, even yeah. though we were, you know, one like, Key of Awesome was one of the biggest channels, we were still just kind of very DIY, yeah. just, like, 
hey, who can do this? Who can do that? You know, yeah. um, the guys that started that channel and ran it were all writers, all comedy writers, and really accomplished in that field. And so the content we were making was really high quality in the sense that it was really creative, really smart, yeah. um, well-written, well-acted. But, you know, from a production yeah. standpoint, we were just like... <laughs> Going for it. I mean, yeah. what else do you need to do besides turn on the camera? So. Exactly. I, that's a good point, too, because I think... Now that I've been on some of the bigger sets, thank you, um, <laughs> part of me kind of misses that yeah. like aspect of just running again. Like some of my favorite videos that I've ever made, like as soon as I got a phone that had a camera, I was making videos, you know, like, and those are just so funny because they're so pure. It was about the idea and just capturing it. And yeah, I mean, production is great and all that stuff, but there's something to say about just being straight up creative bare bones. Absolutely. I mean, my still my favorite project, like if you're like, what is the thing you're most proudest of? Like, what are you proudest of? I don't know if that grammar was correct. Um, <laughs> I would say, I would still say the first project I ever made, which was my senior year of high school. Um, I was in the video class, which I initially took for the Easy A. Nice. And just Lo and behold. Up. Yeah. Um, then realized like, oh my gosh, I want to do this the rest of my life. But, uh, I directed like a 40 minute remake of High School Musical mm -hmm. and it took me all year. 40 minutes? Oh yeah. my gosh. The final a... video is literally 40 minutes long oh, wow. <laughs> and it included like synchronized dance numbers. We got like our school disciplinarian to act in it. We got teachers oh, to act man. in it, different students, like people that were like <laughs> had zero interest in acting. We, you know, managed yeah. to get them to act and it was definitely a collaborative process. I mean, everyone in my class was a part of it, but, um, I was the one that kind of developed the script and then was the the driving force yeah. being like we have to we have to make this happen. Yeah, yeah. You know, we have to do it. So yeah. I would I remember skipping gym class every day to work on it. Oh no. Yeah, no, but it was cool. I forget who my gym teacher was, but I would just kind of poke my head in, yeah. wave, say, Hey, you know. Yeah, I got a movie to make. Exactly. Can't be here. <laughs> exactly. That's pretty cool. So then YouTube was in New Jersey area. Also, you don't have an accent? What's up with that? Yeah, I don't know. I Yeah, people are always surprised when I say I'm from New Jersey, but for whatever reason, I think just because I'm from an area of New Jersey, no one acknowledges um, or, or knows about. Right. I, I don't really have a New Jersey accent. Uh, but no, so that was in high school, and then when I moved to New York is when I worked for YouTube. Right, and then, so post-YouTube, what's next? How'd you get out of there? Because if you're loving life, and yeah. everything's going great, and they're letting you use all their gear and just play around, what, what made you want to... Well, I mean, else. I graduated high school. Uh, sorry, college. I, gra <laughs> I graduated college, um, and uh, I remember having a conversation with them where it, you know, based off the conversation, it was like, there's not really a full-time opportunity here, mm. and I knew that I wanted to be creating content. Oh, um, yeah, heck yeah. So I also felt like I I did probably like seven or eight internships in New York. I mean, I oh, was wow. constantly working like yeah. several jobs at once and doing a bunch of internships and just in different areas like yeah. I had interned with casting I'd interned at um a modeling agency oh, you know cool. yeah. uh, you know obviously YouTube different a production company so uh I knew I wanted to work in film and I was like if I don't leave now what if I get I don't want to get stuck here and then yeah. be regretting that I never moved to LA yeah, so 100% oh so that was that was a desire of yours for a while yeah my senior year more and more I just felt like a a lot of YouTubers like pretty much all the other channels that I had worked with or knew were leaving New York. To they go to were, LA. Most of them LA. Nice. And so I was like, this is where everyone is going. That's like kind of the Mecca. I mean, yeah. there's a great scene in New York as yeah. well, but I just felt like if I really want to work in film and television, I've got to go to Los Angeles. And I was right. Then boom. So walk me through the transition. You're, you're fresh out of college, moving cross country. Mm -hmm. Do you know people here? Do you have a place to stay? Do you? <laughs> uh, no and no. How do you, Not yeah. really. <laughs> so I had a friend from college who had moved out here. Um, his family was from here. So I lived in his aunt's attic for my first few weeks. Attic? Yeah, oh yeah. My gosh. Just empty attic and an air mattress. Oh man. Um, yeah. And then I, but it was like exactly what I needed. I didn't care at all. Like I still, like, yeah. I mean, my, I, I live a simple life. I really yeah. don't need much. Um, and I've always been that way. So slept on the air mattress for a few weeks, found a spot uh, that was like I could afford, mm -hmm. um, like stayed there for a month and then found another spot that was a little more viable that I also could afford. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was just renting rooms out of houses or and how are you whatever I could find. Earning currency. 
How was the money flow coming? Um, so I'd saved up a little bit, okay. enough that I knew I didn't need to work for like my first two months. Oh, nice. So, Get your feet wet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I had, right before I left, actually, the week before I, I left for LA, I was in a video for The Key of Awesome, which was a Lord parody. Oh, nice. Which is like my internet claim to fame. Heck yeah. Um, but that, you know, they, they it paid well. Yeah. And so that was kind of, I was like, cool, I can live off of this. Catalyst. I can make this stretch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can make this stretch for a couple weeks. Um, and so, I mean, but honestly, people keep asking like, well, but like, what was your plan? And legitimately, like legitimately, my answer is, my plan was I was going to move to LA and be successful immediately. That was yeah, my plan. I was like, yeah. I don't really know how that looks or what that's going to be like, but... We're going to make it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. Um, because of the passion you had for the... the... Yeah, I just felt like <laughs> I, I had that quality that I think a lot of people who move to LA have to have, which is like I was a little delusional. Yeah. Overly optimistic. Yeah. And um, confident that I would not experience the same defeat or the same setbacks that everyone else experienced yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. And it is delusional, but you kind of need that delusion, I think, to yeah. otherwise you'd never move here. Yeah. Like if anyone knew the reality of what it's like being out here and like working out here, you would never want to move. Oh, you'd be man. like, yeah, you know. <laughs> but it's very. I mean, I'm a little pessimistic sometimes, but um, I love living here. I mean, I love my life so. But yeah, it's definitely had its ups and downs. Then what is the reality of living here? I mean, the reality is it's a long haul, right? Yeah. No one becomes successful overnight. And yeah. I, you can hear that a million times, but yeah. it's not until you actually live it that you realize, like, it's going to take 10 years of hard works to get, I'm sorry, it's going to take 10 years of hard work to get to a place that feels like overnight success. Yeah. And, um, the, you know, there are going to be times that you don't th you, I mean, there's definitely been times I'm like, I don't know where the next check is coming from. I don't I don't know how I am going to live for yeah. the next month out here or the next six months. Uh, and that's when I call my mom and I'm usually really upset. And she reminds me that, like, we've been here before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's always managed to work out one way or another. Um, I think another thing that people know but don't fully understand until you move out here is it is a business, right? And people tell you all especially in acting school like there's even a class business for actors mm -hmm. and they tell you again and again like the industry is a business like it's not just creative like you have to understand yeah. business and you're like oh cool cool yeah i get I it i love business business is great love, love business yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> big fan but the reality is like do you know the first thing about starting your own business do you understand what it's like to run a business like yeah. no of course not you're yeah. you know we're creative yeah. um yeah. i encourage people interested in the industry i'm like take a business class yeah that's not related to the industry just mm. learn what it's like to actually run a business um because i'm freelance i run my own business i am my business you know yeah. i have i'm a producer and uh i'm also an ad mm -hmm. and i'm a writer and i'm a director i do all these things and if i don't know how to correctly market myself i'm never going to get work yeah exactly uh, you know so it's the same for actors um but yeah, so I mean, the longevity and the business side are two things that you're, it's, it's really tough. And as a creative person, it can be really hard to learn these things and learn how to implement them correctly. Mm -hmm. um, it is about who you know. And so people take that to mean Ooh. like, oh, I've got to go out and just network and schmooze and that's how I get ahead. But I don't like, like no one likes feeling like they're, someone's coming up and being trying to Being manipulated. Yeah. yeah. Being fake. No one likes that. Yeah. And the reality is, though, it is about who you know. So, so how do you manage the two? How do you be genuine and make create real relationships with people? I mean, that's a that's a great question, and I feel like that's it. It's all about building a community, right? Mm. Um, intentionally putting yourself into places that you're going to build a positive community. I mean, there's so many different communities out here of filmmakers, of people working in TV, film, digital, commercial, music videos, and I've been in circles where I'm like, I don't like the way everyone here operates. It yeah. feels really false. It feels dishonest. Um, oh, my bad. Wait, it's a, <laughs> time I to, to do move my car. Oh. I have to move my car. Oh, fine. No, 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 no. We're good. Um, it's Sunday. It's Sunday. Yeah, we're chilling. That's another thing. That is, okay, I scratch everything I just said. The worst thing, <laughs> the hardest thing about living in LA is figuring out how you're going to pay all your parking tickets. Oh, so true. I've probably, I've probably, sp I've spent thousands of dollars probably in parking tickets. 
I don't even live here, and I've already gotten a four hundred dollars ticket. I was like, what the heck? Yeah, no, it's awful, and m- the majority of them are just like being parked in front of my apartment. It's uh, ridiculous. Yeah. Yay, street cleaning. Um, I don't even remember what I was saying. I'm sure, it was really insightful. It was really insightful. Uh, oh, network. building communities. Yeah, building communities. Yeah, so that's. I mean, that's the answer. Like, <laughs> you know, finding people who are interested and passionate. So when you got into a community that where you're like, I don't really like how these people operate, mm-hmm. man, was it personality-based or was it how they conducted themselves in like a moral way? Like what they create wasn't moral? Uh, that's an interesting question. For me, it's it's actually more how you operate as a business person. Um, mm. If oh, I don't agree, yeah, if I feel like you're being dishonest in the way that you – because I work predominantly on the production side, if I feel like you're being dishonest or uh, just operating in a way that I don't agree with in terms of how the money is distributed or how you're paying people or how you treat people. I mean, obviously, for me, it's like it, it's important that you treat everyone with respect. And um, I, I've seen... I've seen people, you know, because there's there's a lot of money in this industry, and I've seen people really mismanage the money, mm-hmm. or straight up, in my opinion, you're, you know, steal money Jeez. from productions in a big way, and uh, or or <laughs> distribute the money in a way that I'm like that feels that, cut that doesn't wasn't feel right. correct. <laughs> um, it so obviously it's a business. You want to make sure that you're being successful. Like you, if you have a company, you need to make sure that you're taking care of your employees, taking care of the business side, but there is a correct way to do it. And I know I'm not alone. Like a lot of people I know who work in production have had experiences like these moral conundrums where you're like, hmm, this doesn't feel right. Um, uh, You know, when do I speak up? When Mm -hmm. do I just say I'm distancing myself? I'm not going to work for this person again. You know, these sort of things. So it can be difficult, especially when you're like, I just really need this job right now. I just need this gig. Mm -hmm. And if you're like, wow, I really don't agree with how this business is being run, yeah. you know, it's, it can be hard to walk away. But ultimately, for me, I'm like, I know what's right and wrong, and um, I try not to compromise on that. In terms of the content being made, I, you know, look, the, the reality is, like, what's going to sell? Like, mm, yeah. action sells, like, violence sells, and you get into these interesting uh i don't know i have the oh sorry what's predicaments not predicaments but i you know i'm like what is the content that is being made what is it the what is the message we're sending Mm -hmm. our young people you know um i and it's interesting you know there might be jobs that i'm willing to work where i'm like yeah i mean i for me it's more important like who i'm working with and the way the business is run and if the final product is something i'm like "Eh, i don't think this really benefits the world in any way or i don't maybe agree with the message of this product or not product or video whatever it is i mean i work in state final result yes totally you know sometimes i'm like well ultimately it's a paycheck yeah you know i mean there's definitely some things where i'm like hmm i disagree so strongly with this that i don't want to work on it yeah um but for me more often than not it's more from the who I'm working with and the way they operate, and that's what can turn me off to wanting to work on a project. Sorry, I just knocked the no, glass, and I want no, I want the audience to know that wasn't Nick. <laughs> that was fully me. Nick is a professional. He that's would never. Right. <laughs> I would never slam my glass down. That hasn't happened in any of the podcasts. Man, after I slam it again. <laughs> the reason I bring it up is because the other day I really liked the people that I was working with, but they. They didn't ask me to, but they were like, you're going to be in this and your line is going to say something that I wouldn't be comfortable saying normally. And I was like, "Uh, how about I say a different line? And I wonder, have you been put in any of those situations where it's kind of like on the spot, like in front of a production where it's like your morales are in kind of in flux there? Um, As an actor, I think that can be a tricky thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think, you know, I, I do remember I worked on a music video in college where I was acting and they were like, oh, hey, you know, we we are doing this locker room scene mm-hmm. and it's shoulders up only, but, you know, can you just like take your shirt off and put a towel on and, and you know, whatever. And I was like, I really don't feel comfortable. Like, yeah. that's just me personally not wanting to be seen in a towel yeah. like this yeah. in this shot. Um, and that's just a personal thing. And like, if someone else... It, again, it's just how I was comfortable yeah, yeah. 
at at that time being yeah. an insecure 21 year old and being yeah. like no i don't want you know I, i'm not totally confident yeah, yeah, yeah. in how i look right now yeah. and whatever um i think as an actor you you definitely have that struggle more and i think also it's being an actor is so tough you know i've yeah. been there and so i empathize um and i try to be you know sensitive and like aware of like you know actors get the short end of the stick because they have to be the face of whatever the writer wrote for them yeah and it could be bad writing and they have to own it and it's like it could be bad writing like guess who gets the fallout when it's bad writing like the actor you know or when it's a bad product or or you know by bad product i mean like the end result is like oh this movie was terrible or whatever um ultimately i i try to be sensitive like you know everyone comes from a different place and if they're not comfortable with something i'm going to always be sensitive to that but the reality is again right this is a business it's like we're all here like trying to make a make the thing we have to you know uh, have everything yeah yeah yeah, we've got you know especially for for you know not speaking about like independent projects where you're just like oh we're a group of friends where it's like (laughs) we have you know this many hours today to make our day and to you know this is our budget and we can't go over and it's like yeah um once they agree to do it already they're locked in it, like, yeah, kind of... it can be it can be definitely be frustrating if you're like, oh, well, this was in the contract or this was agreed upon. And now you, yeah. you're saying you don't feel comfortable. You don't want to do this. Yeah. Um, so I think there's like a way to stick to your morals, your own moral code and be professional about it, where it's like yeah. if you're not comfortable, again, like in that Stay situation yeah. back in college, like I didn't realize what the scene was. I just yeah. didn't know we hadn't discussed that scene before. Yeah. Um, and maybe, I don't know, I mean, it was at the start of my career, I might not have voiced my concern right away, even mm. if I had known ahead of time. You know, I wasn't... Yeah. But once you... It's just like, it's just a business. It's like, I don't... Like, as a producer, I don't care if you're not comfortable with something, just let me know ahead of time so I can make sure I... Yeah, fix it. Fixing yeah. it ahead of time. Yeah. You know, finding a solution, whether that's hiring someone else, unfortunately, or getting a stand-in, or, yeah, yeah. you know, whatever it is. Um, so, yeah. But I think as producers and like as someone who works in production we have the responsibility to make sure that the actors are always aware of what's going to happen yeah and what they're what's it what's the job is mm-hmm. um you know even for something that you might be like oh you need to kiss this person for some some actors like that might be a big deal they might not yeah. want to kiss someone yeah and you so you just have to like be aware let them know ahead of time what the job is what yeah. it entails and then there's no surprises yeah exactly because then they're locked in do you think I think I haven't seen it as much being out here as I thought I would, but people think the industry is corrupt. They always say Hollywood's corrupt, you know? Do you agree? Do you think Hollywood's corrupt in any capacity? Um, like, in what way? Like, the way that the money flows or, like, the type of content that's made or how things get made? I think it's probably both, right? Like, the main stereotypes, I guess, like, oh, they just did that for money or, like... Oh, which I mean. Well, I mean, to which I re- gotta survive, but to which I respond like, yeah, no duh. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, the the reality is like, there are most of the, most things that get made get made to sell. So because because being creative doesn't pay the bills itself. You can't just be creative. You gotta have something that people are gonna be interested in. Yeah, and if you feel like I mean, now more than ever, there's something for everyone. Yeah. So if you feel like there's something you want to see. Put your money where your mouth is. Pay for the things that pay for the content you want to see more of. Because yeah. if a movie does really well, if a TV show does really well, everyone executives are just going to say, "Cool, we want more of this." Yeah. Fast and Furious. Come on, there's eight of them, yeah. nine of them. Like, geez. <laughs> people like you know fast cars <laughs> and cool people yeah, exactly. driving those fast cars. <laughs> it's going to sell. Yeah, more more of it's going to come. So you came out here, came to LA, started grinding. You were doing. Acting. I actually kind of want to hear this experience. This is this is just a personal question. Okay. You were a PA for some time. Yeah. What yeah. was it like? Was it humbling for you? Because it's humbling for me. Um, sometimes. Okay. Sometimes. I mean, I don't know. PAs work really hard, mm-hmm. so it just felt like hard work, and yeah. I love hard work, so I enjoyed it, and that's a great way to make connections. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really fortunate that. You know, my first year out here, I met a music video producer who she really, uh, she produces music videos, commercials, a lot of things. And she really took me under her wing oh, and great. brought me on set all the time. And um, I learned a lot about production from her. I learned a lot about how things get made. Mm-hmm. 
And so I've PA'd for her many times and then, you know, really fortunate that I eventually then produced for her. And um, Which is pretty cool. Yeah, super cool. So it's just, it's all about working your way up the ladder. And so there have there were times after that where I had to go back to PAing. I'm like, I yeah. have to pay the bills. Yeah. This feels like such a huge step back. But, I mean, that's how you build a network. That's how you meet people. That's how you grind. So, yep. And I think, here's another question for you. Uh, some of the people that I've met, it feels like they're stuck in being just a single thing. I won't just say PA, but for example, they're stuck being a PA, but they want to be a writer. They want to be whatever. And you've made it out of the PA realm, it seems like. I mean, who knows? You might have to go back. But yeah. <laughs> the bills don't get paid. Who, who knows? Like That's why I treat everyone really well, because never know when that PA on set's going to be your boss one day. Like, seriously. You do do a good job of that, by the way, of treating everybody with respect. I've seen some people that I'm like, why would they talk like that? Anyway, (laughs) that's beside the point. What would you say to get out of just being stuck in a role and being able to pursue your creative things and make it an occupation, like make producing your main thing, make directing your main thing? You have to show people what you're capable of. Mm. And so... If you want to direct, you're stuck being a PA and you're like, all you want to do is direct. You have to get out there and direct something yourself. Got it. Because telling people, oh, I'm also a writer. Oh, I'm also a director. Oh, I'm also an actor. It doesn't really mean anything. Until you Until I can see it. Yeah. Again, it goes back to understanding this is a business. And if I'm a producer and I'm looking for a director for, you know, for example, for a commercial, um... I'm going to go to people who I know can do the job because there's a lot of money on the line. Yeah. You telling me, oh, I also direct, but you don't have anything to back that up. Like, you might be brilliant, but I I need to be able to pitch you to the client. I need to be able to show that you are capable. Yeah. So getting out there, I mean, I've, you know, every directing job I've gotten has been because I have a body of work to back it up, most of which is stuff I produce myself, which is I wrote, produced myself. So, um, and it goes back to what you were saying earlier where, you know, it's, so often you lose the fun of it all and yeah. like that is your opportunity to just still have fun. Just create something that's just for you, that's just for your friends, that's just for the internet, whatever. Um, you know, and the people that I've worked with on the no budget jobs, on the self-funded projects, they're the people I bring with me on the funded projects. Yeah. You know, and I still like there's still things I'm like I want to be doing and I'm not getting those job offers and it's like okay, maybe I need to go back to square one and Create some more stuff. Create something new. Put the money in, you know. Go all out. Yep. You've never really made it. It's like the number one thing. Like at every level, like everyone you talk to, like still feels like, oh, there's just something more I want to do. Like, you know, I'm still not totally thrilled with where I'm at. Yeah. So. Do you think you'll, do you think you'll reach a point of like, is there an end state for you or is it always just going up and up and up? I think it's honestly going up and up and up, but I, the my mindset has changed a lot in the past five years where it's less of a hunger, it's less of like a desperate hunger for mm-hmm. the next thing mm-hmm. because I am content. Like if, if worse came to worse, they were like, this is as far as you get and I'm still able to make a living. Like, yeah. okay, I, I, I'm fulfilled in other areas of my life mm-hmm. that it's not the end of the world. But I'm still not satisfied with where I am. And I probably will never be because that's just my personality type. Yeah. But what can really destroy a person is under, is, I don't know. I think there's just a difference between being content and being, you know, satisfied. Like, I, I'm ultimately content with my friends, with my family, with, like, the things in life that I think really matter. Most valuable, yeah. Um, and so the fact that I'm not maybe as content in my career is okay. Yeah. The danger is when you're not content with your life at all and you are, I don't know. It's just all about perspective, right? And it's all about balance. Yeah. So I forget what the question was. That's a good answer. Whatever the question was. (laughs) There's my answer. answer. (laughs) We'll step back and we'll make it more about your your career again. You ended up doing a project with or for HBO. How did mm-hmm. how did that come to be? Because that's a pretty big deal too, right? HBO's got a pretty big name. Yeah. Um, so I was on a show called Project Greenlight. Um, it's a directing competition. And so that, long story, but I mean, just to give people listening who I assume are also kind of filmmakers and want to know all like the backstory of things. Like 
basically when I first moved out here, I uh, collaborated with another, someone I'd met through YouTube, like another nice. creator. Man, I love hearing that. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And so we had made a Hunger Games fan film. Right, right, right. And that didn't do didn't do particularly well, and it, you know we put it out there and we ran a Kickstarter, and mm. it was just it was just good fun. And then when I heard about Project Greenlight, I reached out to that creator, and I said, "Let's can we team up again and make a short for this competition?" Yeah. Um, so we threw together the short films called Day One in a week, and we submitted it, and it got through every r- round, and ultimately was we were on the show. And well, that's awesome. Well, wow, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, and I mean, we literally threw it together in a week. Like, I wrote the script. You know, I, I heard about the competition. I quickly wrote a script. I sent it over. Um, his He had a ca- like a really nice camera, and he was a DP in addition to directing, so we co-directed together, oh, and beautiful. I acted. So it was yeah. like, you know, I think there's five people that worked on the production of that project. Wow. There was five of us, so we just went out in the desert. Um, and so... We, yeah, so we made this short film, um, and it made it through all the different rounds, and we had to make other films, and uh, it was this whole long process, but basically we became, like, top ten, and that was my first ever pitch meeting, was walking into the room with Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, oh, Lena Motto, head of HBO Films, uh, Effie Brown, very accomplished producer, and, like, a ton of other people, and it was all filmed, and there was, like, all gonna be on Jeez. friggin' TV. Jeez. So I was baptized by fire. Oh, man, yeah. And pretty much no pitch meeting can scare me after that. Yeah, that's, that was your first one ever? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was my first year in L.A. I, like, couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, people say it's so hard to make it in this industry, <laughs> and here I am with, like, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and all them. But, um, no, it was a really good experience, and I acted in day one. And I remember Matt Damon, like, being like, wow, you're actually a really good actor. And I was like, wow. Oh my God, thank you. What a compliment. So much. <laughs> like, Do you oh want to hang out later? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you want to be friends? Yeah. Uh, no. So it was a it was a really great experience. And um, I definitely, honestly, I think more than anything, it just was like the one thing to give me confidence and validate me as like a creative, filmmaker yeah. and creative person. So I... At that point, like a lot of things happened after that were really that were really good for my career that weren't directly related to it. But I think I just was like I didn't have fear anymore. It wasn't like I wasn't like I wasn't feeling that I was uh, uh, sorry, I don't know how to basically explain it, but you know, there's always like that self-doubt. yeah. and after that experience, I didn't have that self-doubt anymore. Oh, that's great. And so that's gonna make you a more attractive person to hire as a Producer, it's confident, kind of yeah. Yeah, you're just confident. You feel like you kind of know what you're doing, and I didn't fully, but yeah. <laughs> I felt like I did. Yeah, that's right. Um, Do you ever experience so. imposter syndrome today? Like, no. That's great. Yeah, I don't. I I just feel like I finally have enough experience under my belt to know where my limitations are. Yeah. And to also know where I feel confident in something, and if I do have limitations in an area, I know enough people that I can ask someone else to you know jump in do the do the job for me yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know okay. uh, like i'm not a dp and i'm not super knowledgeable on a, from a technical perspective and yeah. i have no shame in asking dps for advice and asking you know other creatives that i know for their thoughts or help on something that's good because i heard uh recently somebody was complaining that there was a director that did it from what the person was telling me, they didn't know enough about anything, and they were just, like, too prideful to admit it. So they were just trying to do everything, but they didn't know how to do anything. And it's like, just let it just let it go. Hire someone else. Like, just, I feel like it's probably better to be, put your pride away and say, I don't understand this. Explain it to me, and then I'll try. Or, I don't understand this. Do it. <laughs> do it for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's definitely been times that I feel like, for example, the sci-fi project I just did was, you know, I had to storyboard the whole thing. I'd never really storyboarded before, and Ooh. I, I was like, wow, I don't really know what I'm doing, but um, I'm just gonna do what I think, you know, is gonna best convey my vision mm-hmm. and is gonna help me solidify my vision to communicate this to the rest of the team, and so ultimately. I'm sure I'll just continue to get better at that aspect. Yeah. But it definitely was a moment. I, you know, I definitely felt like, oh, I don't really know what I'm doing, but you just got to go for it. You know, I asked some people for their thoughts or, mm-hmm. you know. Um, get yeah, feedback on it. Get feedback, not on the storyboards directly, but on, like, the role they play. Yeah. You know, what what is most important about them. I like. Why the heck we have them? Why, yeah, what why do we need thing? them? Like, how can they be useful, basically? Yeah. 
So. So sci-fi, another big deal. That's pretty crazy. Thank you. Was that another thing where you pitched, where you said, hey, I think I can do this for you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, they, they had open submissions. Okay. Um, it's so, for those who don't know, sci-fi, uh, I guess by the time this comes out, maybe the yeah, pilot yeah, will yeah. be out. Um, Are we but to say the date? I don't want to say the date in case it changes because okay, it's okay. still very tentative. But uh, Sci-Fi basically made their first digital pilot. And so it's a show that would only be online, only streaming. And I come from a digital YouTube background. And, yeah, perfect. Um, they had open submissions. And so I submitted a pitch. I, um, you know, basically just broke down, like, my vision for the show. Mm-hmm. And they picked myself and two others and gave Heck us yeah. each a little money to make, like, a pitch trailer. Yeah. And then, based off that, uh, they chose me to then go make the pilot. Let's go. Uh, yeah. So, and then, and Nick worked on it. So, you tell I me, did. what was, you know, what was your experience? Oh, it was great. First off, Rebecca, who is co-producer, is that the correct term? Co-producer she, on this? No, she's co-producer. the producer. She's the producer. Producer on this? I mean, yeah, I, I wrote and directed and certainly helped with producing, but I mean, she's the line producer. Rebecca told me the other day, my scene got cut. What's up with that? Oh, What's yeah. What's going on? <laughs> You want me to? You want to come on my podcast and talk about this? I totally forgot. Great, thanks. Welcome to Hollywood. <laughs> Literally, welcome to Hollywood. Yeah, you're. I'm so sorry. Your shot got cut. Um, yeah, R.I.P. Pour one out. R.I.P. Pour, Pour one out. And I'm so disappointed about that. It was not my call. No, it was great. I had a. It was a great experience. This is what I wanted to tell you. I had a very interesting moment on that set where uh, it could have been pretty bad i guess bad's not the right word but anyway um, the art department asked me to steam those curtains mm. i don't know if you remember this mm-hmm. and i was steaming those curtains never steamed curtains in my life but i was steaming them so good and so the steamer runs out of water and i'm like okay cool turn it off go i go fill it up doing whatever the other task is just I- regular water just regular water. Okay. I don't know how to use a steamer. Mm-hmm. Nobody told me, but I was I was going, I was going for it. And so it heats up. It's good to go again. And so I get back to work steaming this curtain, and this thing turns into a fire hose, just shooting oh water out of the end of it. And I'm just spraying these curtains with water, like literally like a hose. And I'm like freaking out, and it gets all over the ground. I'm, I don't know where you were, and I'm happy that... <laughs> yeah, I missed this one. Missed this one, totally. <laughs> it gets all over the ground, everywhere, and I'm like... And nobody's really reacting to it. Like, the people in the art department were kind of, like, just brushing it off. And I was like, there's water everywhere! We need to clean this up! And then someone goes like, we don't have any paper towels. And then I flipped, and I was like, there's no paper towels on a set! This is just a mansion, come on! And so eventually everybody cleaned it up and they're like, where did all this water come from? And I was kind of like, uh, (laughs) walk away. Well, I'm pretty sure you're supposed to use distilled water for steamers as well. So that's... Thank you. Thank you. Now I can know for the future. Anytime I got a steam curtain. Yep. Well, live and learn. That's what being a PA is all about. That's right. So that was my experience on set. Yeah. But it was great. I, I, I had a great time. I loved it. Um... Okay, so I don't know where this fits in the timeline, so I'm going to ask you straight up. You've, okay. you've traveled. Yes. For film or for fun? For fun. Okay. Yeah, I am the AD on a food show that travels all over California. What? So, yeah. I've been That's doing, cool. Yeah, super fun. Um, but, yeah, internationally, I, love, I, I just love to travel. And so I do that, in, you know, for fun. Nice. Mm-hmm. Did you live in Ecuador for a while? I studied there my senior year. So yeah, for uh, a semester of my senior year, I was in Ecuador. Um, I found a program. It wasn't really through my school. I just found it on my own. Um, Actually, my dentist's daughter in New back in New Jersey had done this program and Uh was like, "Oh, you know, you should do it." And I wanted to learn Spanish, so. Are you doing uh, now? I mean. I did. You did say it. I've seen you speak it a little bit. Yeah, it's a loaded question. Do I speak Spanish? Yes. Do I speak it well? No. (laughs) It's, um, I can communicate the basics, basically. And, like, the longer it goes, like, when I was in Ecuador, I was was pretty much fluent by the end of it, but, um, unfortunately, I've forgotten a lot. Came back and didn't didn't talk in Spanish. Yeah. Um, but I get to use it out here a fair amount. It's Los Angeles, so whenever I get the opportunity, I... Bust it out. Use it. Um, but, yeah, I, so, my senior year, I, you know, took time off from YouTube and my job and... Uh, got my school to agree to let the tre- credits transfer. Oh, that's dope. 
so I went to school in Ecuador for um, a semester. All the classes were in Spanish, but it was a very, oh, cool. very tiny school, very okay. small, and it was geared towards international students. So um, all the professors, even though it was all Spanish, they did speak English too, um, most of them. So it was just that was a very uh, formative experience for me, mm-hmm. and definitely you know ignited in me that like a love of travel but my dad is a world traveler and so oh, really? i yeah i grew up hearing all of his insane stories like he you know bike rode through europe and oh, hitchhiked wow. across africa oh, wow and, yeah all like all in his 20s and so i grew up thinking that was pretty normal like you yeah. graduate high school maybe you go to school maybe not but you definitely go travel the world yeah um see what's out there see what's out there and uh so I definitely get my love of travel from him. And he and I actually went to Ecuador together in 2012 and traveled around there for two weeks mm. because I knew I was going to study there. And he was like, oh, I want to check it out. He actually yeah. never traveled much in South America. Of so. course he hopped on. He, of yeah. course, yeah. The world traveler, of course he's hopping on. Yes, absolutely. So that was that was a really great experience. And uh, I just have a lot of love for Ecuador and um, fond memories. And so since then, you know, it's it's ex- it can be expensive. Oh, yeah. For, I mean, it is expensive. Yeah. It's um, so I my first few years in LA, I didn't travel at all. But you're focusing on other stuff. I was focusing yeah. on other things, um, but the opportunity in came up in I want to say 2016. No, 2017. The opportunity came up to travel to Japan. Oh, what? Mm-hmm, with uh, with some friends. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, yes, <laughs> let's go. And so ever since then, I've done uh, two international trips a year. So, a year. Mm-hmm. And you plan them out just to do them? Like, just yeah. to see the world? Uh, yep. So I have a few friends who are also really love into travel. Into yeah. travel and, you know, um, who or who live internationally. And so I'll plan my trips around them. And That's great. Around where we, like, want to go. So this year, well, I just got back from Mexico. But that was more of a vacation. That was a uh, true vacation. Got it, got it. Um, spent a week in, in Mexico. And then... Uh, the trip before that, I went to France and I um, rented a car with my friend. She met me in Paris and we drove down the fr- the coast. Oh, that's pretty. Um, and just stayed in little town after little town. Made made it up as we went. We drove into Spain, spent a, you know a few days in Spain, and so just truly road trip, mm-hmm. road tripping it. No no plan. Yeah. Um, neither of us spoke French, so it was just. But one thing that we're both like really proud of okay. is. When we didn't know the French word, we would like substitute with the Spanish word, and or and like I think we both kind of spoke French like the little French we know with a with a more <laughs> Latino yeah, accent, accent, Latina yeah. accent, um, Latin American accent rather, and so people would think we were from Spain. Oh, that's nice. Which I was like, edge. yes, yeah. like, incognito. Yeah, no yeah. one knows we're Americans. <laughs> I'll take it. Do you have any? Let me see. What's the best trip or best tip for traveling? While you're traveling, how do you make it a good trip? Do you spontaneity? Is that where it's at? What's the plan it through? What it do you- honestly just depends on what you want. Mm. I really love. I've done. Um, I did do another trip actually in in college that was, you know, we were staying in hostels. We we were in. Uh, my friends and I went to uh, England and France, mm. and that was you know, grubbier staying in hostels like staying with. Friends, like I couch surfed. Sorry, mom. Um, what was your couch surf experience? Because I have, I, I have as well. So yeah, no, it was totally fine. Um, totally fine. Just uh, you know, you check the reviews, make sure the person has done it a lot not, before. Yeah, not is, crazy. Yeah, not crazy. Um, but I would, I would say maybe stick to the, you know, Airbnb hostels. Airbnb Even hostels, hostels can they can get expensive. And some of them. Have you had any bad hostel experiences? Uh, no, actually, we've I've been relatively lucky. You're blessed. I stayed at this hostel that was like 24 people in a room, and this oh, one gosh. guy was just so sick, and in oh. his underwear, like tidy whities, just like, huh, 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 like, and just sprinting in and out of the room, just light in, light out, light in, light out, and we're like, what is going on? And it was just, it was horrid. Yeah. Oh, where was that? That was in the Netherlands. Ooh, so tell me where where have you traveled? Where are your favorite places to travel? Ooh, I've been I've mainly just been in Europe and I oh and Africa once for like three days. Where in Africa? Tangier, Morocco. Why? But I'll say something that is I've said this on the internet before. I'll say it again. I am I am not good at geography. 
okay. I, I only know geography after I've been to that place. I had no idea. This is going to sound so bad. I had no idea that Morocco was a country in Africa. I had no clue. Mm. Where I mean, where did you think it was? I didn't know. I didn't know Africa had sub countries. <laughs> I thought Africa was Africa. It, it is just so embarrassing, but that what? is the truth. And people were like, "Egypt's in Africa," and I was like, "What? <laughs> Egypt was just Egypt? Like, what the heck?" And see, that's a reason to travel. Yeah, you learn. You learn a little bit. Um, I can't. You know what? It's like. I could judge, but I'm not going to, because I'm just going to say the public school system failed you. I don't know. Did you go to public school? I did. Yeah. Failed you, I guess. Failed me. But you know what? You overcame. That's right. It's all the world, regardless. Talking about overcoming adversity. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's pretty much it. I think my couch surfing experiences, like you, were pretty good. Um, It was just more of like, you just don't know what you're getting into. So like for the first eight hours, you're kind of like on edge with that couch surfing person. And I think, like, everybody's being nice, but they don't mean, like, things that they say, like, oh, come inside my apartment. Like, that, that's a normal thing to say, <laughs> but when you're traveling and you just met a person and you're in a foreign country, that's, like, red flag. I don't, I'm Oh, not, my God, I, I'm, I'm not about go- to be murdered. <laughs> I'm not going in there. They're like, yeah, just come inside the kitchen, like, next to all these knives. You're like, huh? Oh, no, nah, it's cool. <laughs> but I guess that's just something. Something you take with over time. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't recommend it. I'm into true crime way oh, more now than I out. Yes, way more now than I was back then. And so it's like, yeah, it's not a risk I would take again, but it it is what it is. <laughs> and I was fine. It's all good. Yeah, it's all good now. I mean looking back you're always like, that was a little sketchy. Yeah, yeah. It's like what was I thinking? Oh, I was twenty one, I wasn't thinking. Yeah. Fair. But I am I'm so happy I had those times of not thinking. I think those those are the experiences that I hold on to the most. Because mm. now that I know better, I won't make that decision. <laughs> and it's not going to be as fun, you know? So You can still have fun. I mean, the, yeah, way, yeah, I, yeah. the way I travel now is like, I was talking to my friend about this because I, I travel with her a lot. Um, and we both are just like, you know what? We're, we're going to pay the little extra to get an Airbnb. Yeah. It's just that's the stage I'm at. Yeah. Um, you know, we even, we went to Mexico. We, we, we shelled out for a nice hotel. Let's we were go, like, this place yeah. is rad. Let's yeah. go. Um, it's so, a different experience. It's a whole new experience. It's a totally different experience. And I've done the grubby kind of backpacking yeah. travel. And I'm good to just now and you Kick know, it. feel a little more relaxed. But even, I mean, it's all relative, right? People hear how I travel now. They're like, you don't plan it. You're just staying at random Airbnbs. Oh, same, like, yeah. the backup plan is always, well, we sleep in the car. Like, yeah. that's always the backup plan. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. And, and you know, I think it's a good one, but people yeah. are like, oh, my God, how yeah. do you deal with that uncertainty? But I, you know, it also depends on where you're going. Yeah. Um, and who you're with. Who you're with. Yeah. A lot of, lot of factors. I've never had to be the planner of a trip, and I think that's why I like it. Oh, yeah. I think I think other people have always planned the trip, and I'll show up, and it, it goes. Mm. Um, but the last time, me and my friend that went were both not planners, and it was kind of like that. And yep. we were so dumb that we booked a new place every single night and didn't chill at all which is like you gotta you gotta get there by six get out by 11 get there Mm -hmm. by six get out by 11 it's just like oh my gosh like you're just going and it's so dumb but yeah yeah you you gotta do a mix you've gotta kind of decide okay we're gonna spend two days here this place yeah exactly to relax a little yeah kind of have an outline Mm -hmm. i guess is a better way to say it yeah okay before before we go anywhere else you have a non-profit that I want to hear about. We're oh, switching gears. Okay. Wow. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So it's not my nonprofit. I didn't start it. Okay. Um, so I volunteer as a teen mentor um, through a program called Impacting Hearts, and very small, very small program. Um, we. So I've been doing it for since I moved to LA, pretty much wow. five or six years now, um, and the various people have kind of been in charge, and so it just so happens that uh, the person who was in charge stepped down in December and so myself oh, yeah so myself and another volunteer decided to kind of you know step in and lead um in the hopes that someone will will this will be their job they'll, they'll come in on staff and mm-hmm. you know take over all these responsibilities but <laughs> ultimately it was it's just something we're both like all of the volunteers were just so passionate about it um we mentor uh teenagers who are at risk um or and and ma- majority who are in foster care in group homes or, uh, you know, staying with foster families or who have been in and out of the system or impacted by the foster care system in some way. And so 
it's just, I love it. Um, I never, if you told me 10 years ago, I would be, you know, mentoring teenagers. Mm -hmm. I would have been like, absolutely not. But I really do enjoy it. And uh, it's cool just meeting, you know, people from a walk of life from from a background that's so different from my own. And I've had to learn that, like, I just need to be there willing to learn uh, as opposed to feeling like I need to show them the path or show them the way. And, like, I'm I'm an older sibling. I'm kind of bossy. So, like, not overly so. (laughs) But, you know, I like, you know, telling people what to do. And you kind of just can't do that. You kind of just have to be willing to figure out. Yeah, be patient. You know, who are these who are these students? Like, what is their life experience? Like, you know, how can I help them? Like, how, yeah. what's the best thing? And sometimes it's just shutting up. Just shutting up and listening and being someone there to listen. Um, you know, sometimes it's more practical, like helping someone um, apply for a job or, you know. And those are those are valuable providing. things. That, yeah, yeah, life skills. Like, yeah. so it's really just whatever each student needs and every, every person's unique. And... Um, I'm really excited that I'm finally at a place in my career where I can start bringing my kids on set. Mm-hmm. And so I think you met a few of them yeah, yeah, yeah. on the, the sci-fi project. But yeah. Um, yeah, so I just want to do that more and more and get them work experience because that's ultimately the goal, right? Is for them to... Because the reality is in, in LA, like uh, a third of students in foster care who age out, they, they, go, they end up in prison. Mm a third end up on the streets. So mm. the odds, and only 3% graduate from college. Jeez. Um, so the odds are very much against them. So it's like, I think the, the practical needs are the most pressing. It's like showing them like, you live near the film industry and no one has given you this opportunity. You just don't have an in. Yeah. So it's like, I'll be your in. Like, yeah. here's, look at all the different jobs, opportunities there are. And you don't have to go to school for them. If you're yeah. like, if you're someone who's like not into college, like definitely don't need a degree. Um, and there's just so many different opportunities, something for everyone. So that's something I'm really passionate about. And something I think Rebecca, my producer, who you know, on uh, Expiration Date, which is the sci-fi pilot that we worked on, um, it, she's also really passionate about, you know, bringing people up mm. and helping people get work experience. And so it's it was really cool. You know, I kind of, I was like a little nervous. I was like, hey, so I know you're the producer, but yeah. there's a couple of PAs I yeah. want to bring on. <laughs> They're not experienced at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're 18, yeah. but they're great. Yeah. You know, they're willing to learn. They just don't know anything. And she was totally on board. And uh, it was an amazing experience. Yeah. And they were great. They were, they yeah. were, they were hard really workers. Cool. Yeah, they were hard workers. Mm-hmm. Got right after it. Yeah. Why is it important to you to continue to do that? Uh, I think it's just that element of, like, I think it's partially about, you know, giving back and I, I guess it's mostly about that. Um, a, it's something I really, truly do enjoy, and it's sometimes really difficult and really hard, but I think I, you know, I owe it to the... I, I just feel like I have, like, a sense of, like, I've been blessed in so many different areas mm. of my life. Yeah. And, yes, I've gone through struggles, and, yes, I've certainly struggled in Los Angeles and in my career, but on the big things, it's, like, I feel like I've been given a lot of tools and how to interact in life and how to handle you know, conflict and all these skills that I'm like, it's a waste if I hold on to all these blessings and all these, you know, life skills that I have, like, yeah. you know, who can I share them with? Um, and so, and, and certainly like the more I progress in my career, the more I just, the more, the more that desire just grows, like to bring others up in some way. And this is just a program I just like through happenstance, you know, happened to become a part of, yeah. you know, when I first moved to LA and yeah. I was like struggling myself. I'm like, how can I be helping others? Like, I don't even have a stable place to live yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. But it gives you perspective. And uh, it goes back to like, you know, feeling that feeling of like fulfillment and contentment yeah. <clears throat> that can be really hard to get. And you're not going to ever really get it from your career. So yeah. you have to find other ways to be fulfilled and to. And for me, I think giving back is like the best way to do that. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. It's almost like, hmm. Unless your career is in something where it's like a nonprofit where you're constantly giving back, you don't really get those. I mean, you get the day-to-day interactions, but you don't get a straight-up selfless opportunity to say, this is what you got to do to apply for a job. Like, you don't, you don't get those types of experiences. Yeah, you kind of have to really go after yeah. that. And, I mean, it It also is really – I just think it's, it's helped – it's certainly helped me grow so much as a person. I feel like I just have so much more perspective on life and – I understand 
I just understand more about the world and about pe- people who aren't like me, right? Yeah. Like who come from a different, totally d- other side of the country and different backgrounds. And I think that that's just enriching. Like I, the same, re- it's like for the same reason I love to travel. Yeah. I love to learn about new people, learn about new experiences. And so it, um, it's just that willingness to like get in the trenches, yeah. <laughs> you know, with, with students who maybe are struggling in different areas and, um, yeah, it's definitely, it's not <laughs> always been easy. Like, there are definitely, uh, there's been definitely been some really, you know, hard times, and it's really challenged me as, like, a leader and as a person and oh, yeah. all that. But um, ultimately, I think those, that sort of challenge is good to have in life, so. Absolutely. And I think you're touching on a great point of interacting with people that you're different than or have had a different background in, because... Typically, I don't know for, I'm going to, I man, generalizing again, I hate it, but um, like we're drawn to people that we have similarities to. We hang out with people that we have the most in common with. We hang out with people that we have the same mindset as and like there's, it's more difficult to, to find a time to show someone else love that you don't have that background with. So I think it's pretty cool that you're getting to volunteer and meet those people and that's probably one of the biggest problems we see in interactions across, at least in our nation, we have a hard time having a conversation that has a different background as us. Like, uh, for example, I was on a set the other day and this girl just went off about her political stance, just crazy out of the blue. And, you know, I don't know if this is the best decision on my part, but I, I refrained from talking about it because my stance disagreed, but I wanted to be able to show that person love and build a relationship where I can eventually, you can listen to my opinion and I can listen to your opinion and we can still be friends. So I think that's pretty cool that you're doing that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I would definitely encourage anyone listening who, you, it, there's just so much need in the world and mm-hmm. everyone I feel like is going to be passionate about something and find the thing that you're passionate about. Is it the environment? Is it animals? Is it, I don't know, volunteering at a soup kitchen? Like whatever yeah. it is, yeah. like, um, I think you're going to, I just feel like, you know, acting on that impulse to be, it just builds empathy. Mm-hmm. And if you want to get into like on a broader scale, like what I think is wrong with like the world at large right now, it's that like people don't have empathy. Yeah. It's really hard to have and mm-hmm. you're only going to gain it if you really work at it. So, yeah. you know. Or if your friend is going through something and then you can actually relate to the whole yeah. people group that that thing is affecting. Yep. So I think you're dead on. Okay, let's wrap it up with a mm. with a life hack. What is mm. the life hack for or strategy for moving to to LA and making something of it, making it happen? Mm. By life hack, you just mean like advice? <laughs> Maybe. I think it's supposed to. Uh, I don't know what a life hack is, really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I feel like a life hack is like. Being like, oh, you don't need to replace a razor every time it goes dull. You can use a pair of blue jeans to sharpen it. Exactly. Um, I need something to brand. So I feel like life hack was a niche enough Okay, market. okay, okay. Sorry, yeah. No, I'm totally No, no, wrong. you're right. It. No, you're right. No, I no, love it. I'm with life you. Hacks. Okay, I mean, honestly, life hack, like your experience is just going to be so much better if you really pay attention to parking signs. And Ooh, every time, take a photo of them every time you park somewhere if you need to. So you know, set an alarm on your phone. That's what I do now. Boom. Life hack. Yeah. Uh, it'll just save you a lot of stress, especially when you're first new here and maybe don't have a ton of money and you certainly don't have money to be wasting on, on parking, parking tickets. <laughs> um, I guess from a more industry-related practical standpoint, I would say as soon as you move here, find a community. Mm-hmm. If you are religious, if you are a part of a sports group clearly i'm not an athletic <laughs> person i'm like i don't know sport. if there's like a style of workout you're into you know yoga or crossfit like find a community of people who are like-minded because the reality is like so many people work in the entertainment in la and no, even if that community has nothing to do with film so you thought i guarantee there's going to be people who also work in film and yeah. you have something in common you know that you you know that, that's what building a community is all about. So that would be my life hack is when you come out here, you know, find a community. Um, and if you're like, well, I don't really have anything that I do or that I'm interested in, like, okay, great. Now is your chance. Like, get into rock climbing, volunteer, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would be, I think, the best way to get a start is through that personal connection. You heard it here first. 
That's the life hack. <laughs> there it is. All right. Well, thank you, Kristen, for being on the show. I want to acknowledge you. I'm going to say some compliments if you're ready for them. Mm, on a okay. professional standpoint, I, th- I am really appreciative of uh, you're very, like, you know exactly what you want. Like, you have a vision in mind and you execute it. Um, and I really like how you interact with people. I think, you, like you said earlier, you try to treat everybody with respect, and that shows. Because everybody I talk to and I ask on set, I'm like, how do you know Kristen? They're like, oh, I love Kristen. And I think that's because you're you're honest with them, you're truthful, and you're kind to them. So I want to acknowledge you for that. So. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I want to acknowledge you Oh, dang. for being someone who is so, A, you're optimistic. Mm. To the point of being annoying. Wow. Dang. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding. I'm, but my point is like, I love how much positive, like you're just, you know what you want and you're just like, cause for those who don't know, the reason Nick and I connected is our mutual friend, Rebecca connected mm-hmm. us and you know, he hops on the phone and like, you were just so receptive to everything I said. Like, I can't tell you how many, cause I work with teens, right? How many yeah. times do I give advice yeah. that they're just literally <laughs> blow me off immediately? Yeah. Like, and it's the same professionally people like they just don't necessarily want to take the advice but you took everything in that i was saying you were so like your attitude was like so positive i was like wow this is someone who (laughs) i kind of don't want to join the industry because you're gonna like get jaded (laughs) you get jaded like me um but i i just have so much respect like you've actually taken my advice like my advice was get on set if even if it's not paid like get on set you know however you can and every time i've called you up you've made the time to get out there and oh heck yeah you know i think that's uh that's going to take you really far. So awesome. Good job. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Where can we find you on the internet? Where can we find your stuff? Uh, my, my handle for like YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, everything is Kristen's reality. So it's Kristen with a K nice. and an E N cause I'm a 10, not a tin. Ooh, I like that. That was fun. <laughs> okay. Well, you heard it first. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks Nick. Bye.